Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Today is Veterans Day, y'all. Hoy es el Día de los Veteranos. We want to honor our esteemed veterans, and especially those veterans who are with us in worship today. Queremos honor y estimar a todos los veteranos, y especialmente los veteranos que están aquí hoy. And as we honor those who have served in the military, como honoramos a los que han servido in el militar, I want to compare what is required to become a veteran of the cross of Christ. Quiero comparar compar, lo que se requiere para conversarse en un veterano de la cruz de Jesucristo. Now, as I look back, and you guys take a look up here on the Sky Bible here, I want you to see two flags. And on these two flags, I want you to notice there's a Christian flag, which is on my right, your left, and the, the American flag, Old Glory, on the left. I serve both. <laughs> now, one represents our country. Uno representa a nuestro país. And the other, el otro, represents the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Representa el reino de nuestro Señor y Salvador Jesucristo. To serve under either of these flags faithfully and effectively, one must meet certain requirements. Before one can become a veteran, they must first be a good soldier. Antes de que un puede convertirse en un veterano, primero debe ser buen soldado. Everyone wants to be a good soldier. Todos quieren ser ese buen soldado. Everybody wants to be the good soldier. Now, I don't know about you. You ever go to a movie? You see a war movie? I know personally for me in a war movie, I see the war movie and the guy that's that's going through and he's getting shot at, but everybody else around him is dying. And at the end of it, he ends up living. That's the guy I want to be. I want the guy that walks afterwards and he gets the big medal around his neck. That's what we all picture ourselves to be, right? Amen? Who wants to be that soldier? Okay, for the rest of you guys, you just want to be the other soldier that got shot in the first three minutes of the movie, right? <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just as a side note, I need to let you know, if you are that black soldier in that movie... You got about five minutes of the movie, and you're done. <laughs> you guys, trust me, if you didn't know this already, I'm going to let you in on, on a black secret, okay? You guys, I'm just telling you this. Anytime you watch scary movies or you watch war movies, and they're predominantly one color, it doesn't matter what color they are predominantly except for black, and they got like one black guy in there, he, don't, he, he dying in the first 10 minutes of the movie. He ain't going to make it. You might as well, as soon as you see him, don't fall in love with his character because he ain't going to make it. They met their quota. <laughs> Look, just because you want to be that good soldier, that soldier that made it out safe, doesn't mean that you're a good soldier. 
I'll put it like Kai. Just because you made it out safe don't mean you're saved. You know, Kai preached the other day, and, 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 yeah, I'm the safe black guy. Yeah, that was, if you weren't here, you guys are like, these, there's a lot of racial things he's saying. But you guys look around. There's a lot of different colors in here, and, and uh, we do. We say certain things, but nobody does it out of hurtfulness, but we do say it out of humor. Amen? And if I offend any of you, please, charge it to my head, not my heart. Okay? I love the diversity, but I, I do know there's certain prejudices that we all think about each other. Really? It's like, really? Like, for, for instance, if I, if I give you a dark-skinned Mexican, a dark-skinned Mexican person walks up to you, and, and you look at them, and the first thing you go is like, oh, buenos dias. Como estas? And they're like, um, I don't speak Spanish. That's a prejudice. Did you guys realize that? That you look at somebody that's another color, and you automatically think they speak another language. You prejudge them. Prejudice. It happens to me all the time because I'm trying to learn Spanish, so I look for somebody that's Latino, and I'll start speaking Spanish to them, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't know Spanish. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> it happens. Anyway, where was I? Good soldier. Good soldier. Now, let's see what ahora vemos lo it takes to be a good soldier. Que se necesita para ser un bueno soldado. The first thing we must do to be a good soldier, the first thing we must do to be a good soldier is volunteer, voluntario. All who serve under either flag must do so voluntarily. America no longer requires people to serve. I think Papa's probably the only one in here that was required to serve last. He got drafted. The military has uh, recruiting, uh, recruiting uh, office, and they send out recruiters, and the recruiters go out and try to convince people to volunteer to come serve. Amen. Jesus is the same way. He does not force anyone to serve in his kingdom, but he does plead with us to volunteer and come to salvation through Christ our Lord. God wants us to volunteer. Now, listen, this, this, I got I to gotta touch on this spot real quick, just you guys, so you guys know this. God doesn't make us do anything. There's an old saying that says, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not possess you and force you to do nothing. Unclean spirits possess you and make you do stuff. God won't force you. If God could force you, everybody in here would be saved and be a disciple. You guys hear me? But see, an unclean spirit wants to just tear your life up and just, just turn it upside down. And, and, and 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 kind of proves that God just wants you by his love to come to him. And it says this, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you. He's begging you to come to him in repentance. Out of your own goodness or your heart or whatever's left in it is good, come to him. He doesn't force you to do anything. He says, listen, volunteer in my army. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to send out the draft and make you be in this army. It's up to you whether you join the Lord's army. God also sends out recruiters. 
to urge people to serve in his army. Jeremiah chapter 44 and 4 says this, I have sent my servant the prophets to you again and again to tell you not to do these detestable things that I hate. We have Never Alone. Who's in Never Alone Ministries here? All right. We, okay. Thank you for at least one person making noise. I had a couple of hands. You guys are those people. You guys are those recruiters. You guys go out and you tell people about the goodness of God and try to convince them to come join. Just don't do it like the army recruiters used to do back in the day. They used to lie all the time. Lie. Oh, yeah, no, no, you won't get dirty. You can do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. We tell people about the goodness of God and make them, let them make up their minds on how they're going to come to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as through God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. That's what we do. We're all ambassadors of Christ, trying to convince people to join the army of God. Besides that, joining the army of God, the benefits are great. Everybody likes benefits. Huh? Anybody in here want benefits at their job? Benefits, for some of us, is the key factor to us taking a job. What if I told you that there's free health care in being a Christian? Huh? And free health care. Y'all sitting down looking at me crazy. What this dude about to say? Good training. If it ain't raining, he ain't training. And this brings us to our second point about the benefits. To be a good soldier, you have to first volunteer, and you must have complete faith. Fe completa. Look, when you serve this flag in the American government, we have to have our faith that the American government will supply everything we need, our food, our clothing, our shelter, our shelter, medical needs, and everything should be supplied. We have faith that the government's going to supply that for us. Amen? Yeah. Now, I'm just here to tell you, when I joined the military, they supplied everything I needed. Needed. Okay? I had food, clothing, shelter. Had health care. Had a gym to go to if I wanted to. If I didn't have a gym, I had PT every day at old dark 30, right? The government supplied all these things to me to make sure that I can function in the job that they needed me to function. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yes. The American government, I had faith that they would do it, and they did it for me. Anytime I needed to see a doctor, I could go to the sick, do I'm sick call. I could go see a doctor. Anytime I needed anything, if I needed extra clothes, I'd go get extra clothes. I didn't have to wear civilian clothes. I could have wore military clothes every day because I just needed cover. Now, the problem comes in is when you want other things because the military don't pay good money. The cash ain't there, but the needs are taken care of. Now, when you serve, to the, when you serve under the Christian flag, you must also have faith that the one who has called you into his service, that he will supply all your needs according to your, his riches and glories through Christ Jesus. You won't have to worry about your physical needs. You won't have to worry about any other needs when you serve Christ. Amen. See, some people are like, well, I don't know about that because there's a lot of things that I want. 
he has supplied all your need. God has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Everything you need, he has already given to you. He said, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. We get so caught up in once. David understood that God has given me everything I need. That's why he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, when we get to a point when we are completely dedicated and have faith in Christ, he will make sure we have everything we need. There were times in my life, and I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk about this, you guys, because as Donald said earlier, the church has a need right now. And that church, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it's money. Why? Because we're building a bigger footprint in Susun so that we can do more ministry. We're expanding next door. We're expanding everything. And in this way, we'll be able to go out and do more things. And right now, things are moving S-L-O-W. That's slow. And I understand it's, it's getting ready to be Christmas. I understand that uh, it's Thanksgiving. There, there's turkeys to be bought. I understand that. And, and, and people got to buy stuff for their kids. But let's talk about the difference between a need and a want. God's house has a need. And when you see a need and you plant into that need, that's when God will bless you. The Bible says don't give out of necessity. Don't you give because you have a need. Not one of those things, if I have a need, sow a seed, so I'll sow 10 and get back 100. No, that's called gambling. It's called the lotto, okay? You know how I feel about the lotto, right? You guys know how I feel about the lotto? Most of you? Well, I'll tell you if you don't know. You ready, Carmen? This is how I feel about the lotto. You can't win if you don't play. That's all I'm saying. Don't be spending grocery money on the lotto, okay? If you got a few extra dollars, it's all right. You go to Cash Creek because you saved up $100, $200 to go to Cash Creek. I don't have a problem with that. It's when you're taking away from something else. Because me, personally, I, I went and paid $100 the other day to go shooting. $100, right? Well, some people don't like shooting. Maybe they'll take that $100 and go gamble and won't spend more than that $100. There's nothing wrong with that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the zeal, hearing the pop, 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 and the smell of the gunpowder, and I loved all that. You know, love everything. Watch people jump every time you pull the trigger. Fun. <laughs> and some people, it's not that they're going like, look, dude, the, just the thought of when I press this button, I could win $20,000, but after their $100 or $200 is gone, they're like, well, that's it. I'm gone. There's nothing wrong with that. You guys hear me? Yes, it's self-control. You guys got to be under control. But when you start going back, running to the ATM and all that, you better listen to the Spirit of God. Because he's been telling you no. Matter of fact, if you had that problem, he knew you had that problem before you went. It was like, no, nah, maybe you need to stay at home and play cards with Monopoly money. <laughs> so I'm talking about money. The church has a need. This is what I want to say to you guys. Some of you guys are saying right now, look, I just can't afford it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. You got, some of you guys are like, I can't afford it. And what we asked of everybody was, for every person, not family, every person that was able to donate $750. If every person is a member of this church donated $750, we would reach our goal of $150,000 and we could do everything debt-free. We do not want to go into debt doing God's work. God says, owe no man nothing but to love him. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go love on the community. 
So, but what's happening is, is I know and I understand, trust me, I understand all of it. I've been there. I am not a rich man by far, not a rich man. I'm a very blessed man, but I've been through times where I had nothing. I've been through times where I had a whole lot. I was in the radiology field. I was making six figures. I quit my job to be a pastor. So if I wanted to be rich, I would have stayed in the radiology field. Quit my job to become a pastor and take no salary. And for years, maybe three years, we were living off the little bit I was getting from the VA. We were hungry, but I stayed faithful and gave. I stayed faithful and tithe. I stayed faithful when I couldn't afford to. When it hurt, I gave. When, when I knew that there was a difference between, this is just by faith. When I knew I had to buy groceries or tithe, it was tithe. And I have kids. I have babies at the time. But I trust God never have seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. And sometimes we get so spiritual about it, we sit down and go, God, just let the money drop in front of me. No, God says, I got the family of God to take care of you. There's no reason that anybody in here should ever go hungry. My God, especially the way Carmel fixed food for people. Carmel, really? Carmel, I'm telling on you too. Carmel brought so much food over my house, I thought we was about to have a picnic. I was like, there's only five of us in here. She's like, this is this one, and then this is this for them, because you said you want this, and then, then you got this, and JR, there's some more out in the car, and all this stuff. See, there's people like that in the house of God, that while you're doing God's business, he's placed them in the, the family of God for you to know. But guess what? Because we only go to church on Sundays and we're not connected, we don't know about Sister Carmel. We don't know about the Ruiz family. We don't know about Stan and Paula because we don't get connected. So that when you're going through rough times and you're doing what God says, the family of God is here to take care of you. It's a, it's a concept that we don't understand. Nobody's taught us that about church. All you got to do is go to the book of Acts when it says everybody, not some, all gave and none lacked. Now, some of them had a whole lot and some of them barely had anything, but they were, had everything that they needed. I'm, I'm telling you right now, with this campaign that we're doing right now, God is moving and I promise you, don't, if you, if you have any problems, if you're like, you one of them pastors, I just, where the money going, Pastor. Well, don't ask me because I, I don't, I'm not in charge of it. You guys go to Jackie Tolbert. She's our accountant, and she'll let you know because I'm here to tell you, if I even buy a cup of coffee in a meeting and I don't bring her the receipt, I get a call and an email. That's how serious she is, a good steward of our money. That's how she I'm t- over coffee. <laughs> Pastor, I just noticed that uh, you were, uh, there was a, something to charge at Starbucks. Was that you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to take a picture of the receipt and send it to you. I was having a meeting with another pastor, and I bought him coffee. It's accountability. So if you guys have any problem with that, I'm, I'm more than open with it, okay? If, if, it's, if, if you want to see the books, if it's going to result in you being obedient to God, then by all means. If you're just being nosy, no. And I'm going to ask you, too. Who asked? I give them two weeks to start tithing. If not, don't ever show them again. Yeah, people be like, ooh, ooh. Okay, where was I? I'm sorry, guys. Random. Just ran down a rabbit hole. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew 6, 31 and 32. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God will take care of you when you're doing his business. But you got to have faith in him that he will take care of you. Amen. Faith without works is? All right. Now, in order to be a good soldier, you must volunteer. You must have faith. And number three, you must be completely committed. Compromiso completo. When you serve the American flag, you are expected to be completely committed to your country and to allow nothing to prevent you from performing your duties and serving faithfully. I wish when I was in the military, I said, I, you know, before I go into work, hey, I, I'm not going to make it today because I got a family member that's having a party uh, over here. Not going to make it. Sorry, sorry Sergeant Bruns. Ain't going to make it. I can hear Sergeant Bruns. Now, now soldier, uh, you, need, you can go to that party, but you know you're going to need to see me in, in, in a day or two. Yeah. Because eventually you go do what you want to do. You have to pay the piper later. <laughs> yeah, you, don't miss formation. <laughs> God wants you to serve faithfully. When you serve the Christian flag, you are also expected to, completely, to be completely committed to Christ and his kingdom. You are expected to serve him faithfully, serving his church, not allowing anything to keep you from doing his will. How many people didn't feel like coming to church this morning? Tell the truth, shame devil. Hallelujah. I didn't either. Man, I was tired. I didn't feel like it. But here's the thing. It's not about how I feel. I made a commitment to God first. And see, you guys know this too, because if I didn't show up one Sunday, some of you guys would be hurt. Some of you guys would be angry. And the reason why you're angry is because you're hurt. Because pastor had a commitment. And he, the commitment was that he would be up here to give me a good word so I could grow in Christ. And when I fail my commitment, you get hurt. So watch this. How do you think the children's ministry feels when somebody doesn't show up? How do you think the cleaning ministry feels when somebody doesn't show up? How do you think the worship team feels when somebody doesn't show up? God wants you to be faithful in anything that you say you're going to do. Look, you volunteered. Nobody twisted your arm to be here. But when you volunteer and say you're going to do something, we expect you to be faithful, totally and completely committed. Being committed basically is just being all in. I understand you got life. Everybody understands that life is going on. All we're asking you to do is just do what you say you're going to do, and then guess what? Do it. That should be that new Nike commercial. Just do what you say you're going to do. Just do it. Everybody backing out all the time. Like it's easy. And the funny thing is you people back out like a day before. If I, I bet you right now, if I ask a couple ministry leaders in here right now, how many people called them this morning and said they weren't going to show up? It's every Sunday. Don't ask. The cold part is how many people didn't call you? 
We spend thousands of dollars on, on software to let everybody know when they're serving. And we use it, which tells me you don't care. You're not committed. Sorry. If you're here now, I'm, I'm, the you isn't you. You're like, man, you're being rough to I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to somebody else. Luke 5 and 11 said, and when they had bought, brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Do you realize that they left behind? These are, these are apostles. They, they didn't just, they weren't poor. They weren't homeless. They had businesses. And they laid aside their business to follow Christ. Now watch this. And I know it doesn't say in the Bible or anything, but I kind of got proof on this. The apostles left their boats and went and followed Christ. They were probably in charge of their little fishing company. They left and followed Christ. And a lot of times we start to think that they left, there's nothing left. But later on in the Bible, after Jesus was crucified, the Bible states that the apostles went back to fishing again, which means they still had their company. So which tells me is, they just went and started following Christ, but they put their affairs in order in such a way, such great leadership, that he, they probably like, look, you guys are going to take over, keep making this money, keep it running for us while we're gone. So you can still take care of your families. You can still do whatever, but we're following Jesus. You guys catch that? They had such great leadership before they ever actually got under a true leader to be able to say, take care of this. And there's some of us in here right now that we could do that. We got affairs that we can tell somebody else, look, I'm going to be gone today because I got to go to church and serve, so I need you to handle this until I get back. You're more than capable of doing it. Just I need you to work five, six hours because I, today I got to go serve at church. Okay, I got a yawn out of one person. <laughs> Luke 5, 27, 28. And after all these things, he went forth and saw the publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said to him, follow me, and he left all and rose and followed. Luke 14, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he have cannot be my disciple. Do you, do you think Jesus still means that? Okay, wait. So you think what Jesus said then, he means now. Okay, I, I heard four yeses. I need at all at once. Do you think Jesus still means this now? Yes. Okay, I'm going to read it again. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that, all that, all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So he meant it then, he means it now. Another message on what, what does leaving all that behind look like? Phillips 3 and 8, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Let me tell you guys something. You know what? The greater the sacrifice, the greater the suffering, but the greater relationship you have with Christ. Amen. I never realized I'd be this close to Christ but I never thought I'd have to suffer so much in my life. I gave up a lot not to be a pastor. I gave up a lot just to know Christ more. And that's what I think a lot of everybody sees. Well, I ain't trying to be a pastor, so I don't have to do that kind of sacrifice. It's not about the position I want. 
It's the position next to Christ, and that's at his feet. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection being made conformable unto Christ. This is what I want, but if I'm going to do it, guess what? I got to be completely committed to Christ. Commitment just means being all in, and this brings us to our third point. I mean, fourth point. We have to volunteer. We have to have faith. We have to be committed. And number four, we have to be disciplined. Several years ago in England, Sir John Barbaroli was conducting a symphony orchestra before a standing room audience. The concert hall was unusual in that it was used for cultural events on the weekdays and for religious services on Sunday. So this, you got this orchestra that's got this place, cultural place, packed out. People are coming in, standing room only. People don't mind standing to watch the orchestra. And on Sundays, they'd use the same place for church. Now, on this particular Saturday evening, one of the patrons of the orchestra noticed that the preacher was in the audience. He came, he wanted to hear some good music too. And he leaned over and said to him sarcastically, hey, preacher, when are you going to fill this hall to standing room only? The same way that man, John Barbaroli, did. Then the preacher looks the man in the eye. He looks at him and says, I will fill this hall on Sunday morning when you give to me, as you gave to Sir John tonight, 85 disciplined men and women to be with me and to work with me. Let me tell you what he said and what he meant by that. The orchestra was 85 people, disciplined people that perfected and they had such discipline with their instruments that it caused people to come see them. He says, you give me 85 disciplined Christians, then there'll be standing room only in my church. The problem with church today is getting people is we are undisciplined Christians. I sit down and I thought, to just for the life of me, I did not understand, and hopefully I'm not going to offend any of them in here, I did not understand why people would want to join the Marines. Why would you want to join the Marines? And then I started and thought, I thought about it. It isn't just the uniforms, because they got the best uniforms. It's the discipline that drives people to them. People don't realize that discipline and order draws and attracts people. That's why people want to be a part of something like that. Jesus Christ started off with 12 disciples, went down to 11 because one betrayed him. Then it jumped back up to about 120. On 120, 120 disciples, 120 disciples, discipled, disciplined followers of Christ. On the day of Pentecost, got filled with the Holy Ghost and won over 3,000 people in one day to the church. Why? Because they were disciplined. Could you imagine what we could do for this city if we were just disciplined? If we didn't look all wishy-washy just like the people, we're telling people to come to church and we ain't no different. I don't want to be a part of your club. I can stay at home and keep doing what I'm doing and look that way. So in order to be a good soldier, you must first volunteer. You must have complete faith. 
you must be completely committed, you must have discipline, and the fifth characteristic we must have is complete obedience. Complete obedience. Yeah, this is a problem that we have in the church. When you serve the American flag, you are required to follow orders and are expected to be obedient to the letter. When I was in the military, they told me to go clean the toilet. I had to clean the toilet, but there were standards to clean the toilet. I didn't want to clean the toilet, but I understood that there's a system, an authority that was set up. Me and Sergeant Bruns, we were friends. We were able to talk, we were able to talk, chop it up, go out and have a good time. We were able to do anything. But when it came down to it, even though he's my buddy, even though he's my friend, uh, we, could, we could sing together, but we can't dance together. So what ends up happening is, if he tells me to do something, and it's something I don't want to do, I can't sit down and just go, <laughs> we buddies, I can't do it. No, because at that point, then he has to put on his sergeant hat and then lock me up, and I'm standing there talking to him, looking straight ahead as he's telling me what to do, because he was my boss. God set up a chain of authority in his church the same way the army set up a chain of authority in the army. And do you realize the authority that my uh, sergeant had wasn't his authority? He was acting upon the authority that was given to him by our commander-in-chief. You guys catching it? See, in church, God has given some pastors, and he said that I will give you pastors after my own heart that will guide you and lead you and feed you knowledge and understanding. He has given us authority, Right? And because he's given us authority, we don't act on the authority of ourselves. We act upon the authority of our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ. Because he passed down the authority first to the apostles and the apostles to the disciples, and that authority keeps being passed down. Now, when I tell you to do something, I'm not doing it for my good. I'm doing it from, for your good, to God's glory. Such as if I go, look, I need you to serve on the worship team. Well, I don't... I need you to serve on the worship. I need you to be on the cleaning team. Well, I don't think that's important. It doesn't matter. It's what I need you to do. We can be buddy-buddy. We can lift weights together. We can work out together. We can go shooting together. But when it comes down to doing business, when things are getting ready to do, I got to put on my authority hat and tell you what to do. You guys got to understand that. I want to be in relationship with you. I don't want to be like these other pastors don't have relationships with the congregants because we get too comfortable the same way the people did with Moses. The Bible says that the people chided with Moses, which means they were complaining because they got too comfortable with him. I want you comfortable with me, but I want you to understand and recognize authority. Because when you understand authority, we can sit down and talk. We can fellowship. We can be humans around each other. You can even see my mistakes. But when it comes down time for business, when pastor says, look, this is what needs to happen. If I chastise you, if I do any of this, you see the authority and not me. I'll be honest with you. I'm telling you. I said this last service. I, it, look, I ain't trying to tell you to do stuff just for you to do it. I got four kids. I'm responsible for them. I don't want to sit down and look at you and say, the Lord just told me, Monique, that you need to get rid of your car because he's going to give you a new one. Just go ahead and donate that car to the church and watch God. He's going to bless you with something bigger, something better, and it's going to even drive faster and get better gas mileage. Hallelujah. Praise him. See, God didn't say that. Watch this, though. But because I told her what I wanted her to do and it doesn't happen, I'm responsible to make that happen. You guys with me? My shoulders ain't big enough for that responsibility. 
So if I tell her to do something that doesn't work, I'm responsible to fix it. You with me? And the other thing that's even worse is I am held accountable as a man who is a preacher and bringer of the word, a prophet of God. I am held accountable for everything that I say is going before the throne. And God's going to look at me and say, you told that girl about that car. Like, huh? The Lord, I would never say anything like that because I ain't got the kind of money to buy a car anyway. You keep your car, girl. It's a nice car. We have to have complete obedience. Matthew 26, 19, and the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them to do, and they made ready the Passover. John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keep them, uh, he it is that... He's the one that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Isaiah 1, 19 through 20. If you be willing and obedient, if you be willing, you could be unwilling and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I, I wanted to say it like, and the mouth of the Lord. You should have gave me some echo at that point in time. True Christians don't mind where they serve. The important thing is that, or the important thing is what God has them doing. That's what's important. For instance, I asked people, I said, look, man, I need you to be here to clean church. That's not important. Well, I need you to do this. That's not important. I want to do something that is important. There's one thing that I learned in the military. There's guys that will lie about what they did because they didn't deem it as important. Everything's important. Amen. Guys in the Army's like, man, you know, hey, man, so where'd, where'd you deploy to, man? Where'd you, where'd you go? I didn't deploy. And they feel all bad about it. Why would you feel bad about it? Your support, everybody's needed. You look at somebody and go, say, man, did you deploy? No, I didn't deploy, man, but I worked over here at comms. Man, I was the one that did this. I typed up your orders, man, so you get you home. I'm the one that made sure that you had all your gear. Now, I'm the one that was over here that, that kept everybody in contact so that when you got home, you were able to get your VA money. I, I'm the one that did that. See, they, you're needed. So everybody is needed. Support team is needed. Don't, you don't have to be ashamed of that. It's not the fact that you didn't serve in a certain area. The fact is that you served. Veterans that are in here, do not be ashamed if you didn't deploy. Do not be ashamed if you didn't see combat. Do not be ashamed if you went straight through and you were somewhere where you never had to wear your uniform. You best better thank God that you were able to serve in the Army. Oh, okay, Army. And one of the uh, other branches. Is there any other branches? Anyway, God wants you just to serve, volunteer anywhere. And when somebody asks you, don't be going, man, I just cleaned the bathroom. Dude, I'm going to tell you something that's huge to me. If I go to a church, I'm just being honest. I'm going to tell you guys about me, okay? Don't you say nothing about me. If I go to a church and the bathrooms are filthy, I'll never go back to that church again. That's, that's, that's like number one. I mean, don't, if I come to a church and the seats are all nasty, you know, I ain't coming back again. I might not even stay. Because obviously it tells me they don't care.
Same way with your house. I said it. It just kind of came out. It just came out. You guys better take care of your house. That's why nobody want to come over your house. Clean your bathroom. Okay, Kai ain't here, guys. Kai is not here. As I close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. So, in order to be a good soldier, you must first volunteer. You must have faith. You got to be committed. You must be disciplined, a disciple, and you must be obedient. And the sixth and final thing that we must do to be a good soldier is have complete devotion. Complete devotion. When you serve the American flag, you are expected to be completely devoted to the country it represents. Completely devoted to the country it represents. Devotion is described in in the Webster's Dictionary as earnest attachment to a cause or person, profound dedication, especially to religion, a religion or consecration. When you serve this Christian flag, Christ expects you to be completely devoted, consecrated to him. Saints of God, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You, you, can, you, you can't have dual citizenship in the United States. I'm, well, you know, I'm, I'm a citizen of Canada and also a citizen of the United States. When I turned 18, they sent me a piece of paper that said I had to denounce my uh, German citizenship because I wasn't allowed to have dual citizenship. He said, you're going to need to be one or the other, because if you're going to claim one, then you're going to need to get you a green card. I had to denounce one so that I could be devoted to the other. It's like a marriage. That's why you can't have no girlfriend. That's why you can't have no side pieces. This ain't Kentucky Fried Chicken. Marriage package is one. You don't get no side pieces. This goes for the ladies too. Devotion requires that it only goes in one direction. If it goes in more than one direction, it's not devotion. It's divided. My devotion goes towards one. So if I'm serving my country, I will only serve my country and I'll die serving my country. And I'm so devoted to my God that when I serve my God, I'll only serve my God and I'll die serving my God because I'm devoted. I'm devoted to my wife and I will serve my wife and I will die serving my wife. Devoted. And God calls for that kind of devotion when you serve under him. First Chronicles 29 and 5. Now then, who will follow my example? Who will give himself and all that he has to the Lord? You guys know Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. You got to present your whole body, not your problems. To be a true spiritual veteran, one must be completely devoted to the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. To become true veterans of the cross, we must first be good soldiers of the cross. Now may the Lord, this Veterans Day, make us all true veterans. May we all be 
volunteer. May we all have complete faith. May we all be committed and have discipline. May we all be obedient and all be devoted to the army of God. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.